And here we are in the final round of our bet on spelling ability. With me today is Bridget Perez, and the word is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Go. S-U-P-E-R-C-A-L-I-F-R-A-G-I-L-I-S-T-I-C-E-X-P-I-A-L-I-D-O-C-I-O-U-S. That is impressive. <laughs> that was spot on. And ladies and gentlemen, she was not looking at a script while she said that. I want that on the record. That was purely from memory, okay? I'm, I'm a witness. Um, I've also heard it a thousand times during rehearsal. <laughs> That's right. So uh, welcome to our episode called Mary Poppins and Classical Christian Education. I am joined today by Bridget Perez, our fine arts coordinator here at Sheridan Hills Christian School, a director of many theatrical performances. She oversees our all school chapels and our overall chapel programs here at our school. Um, she has vast experience in a lot of areas. She just happens to bless us with um, her fine arts skills. And today she's here to talk to uh, you, the listener, about our upcoming performance of Mary Poppins Jr. by our lower school, which will be next week um, on Thursday and Friday. And we're recording this in November, uh, November 2nd, 2023. So Bridget, talk to us. What made you choose Mary Poppins for our lower school show? Well, to be completely honest, we're in a Christian context, so the the uh, the catalog is limited, right? So first, I need to find something that is even presentable to our audience and school community. Um, apart from that, or once I get over that, um, I have to assess the talent that we have, right? So I'm going more from a practical, not like a vision. I don't think I have that luxury until we continue to you know, grow the program. Um, so those are the things that I have to get out of the way first. So assess the talent, make sure that it is um, a redeemable message as far as like being able to steer it to a gospel-centered uh, reality or a gospel-centered um, message. Um, and so after I do that, I, I'm basically just making sure that it's fun and it's something that um, can reach the audience. So my reason for choosing Mary Poppins was that I felt it had all of those fun elements. I felt like it had a good, hearty family message. Um, and it, it also helps that this is like a, there's a very clear reference point, I guess, in culture since Mary Poppins came out as a movie. So I knew that people would get excited and that's a good way to kind of get them in. Well, and this theatrical show, um, it is a junior version of it. It will be different from the popular film you mentioned. Um, what are some things that the audience can expect coming to this theater show um, with lower school students versus the film they see with the classic with Julie Andrews. Yeah, I think that Disney wants to make use of like the magical aspect. That's their thing. Uh, so it's definitely, even though we'll have some of those gimmicks, very few of them because we can't do actual magic. <laughs> um, th there'll be there'll be some resemblance there, but apart from that, you'll see that there's just. Uh, an, an emphasis more on family and the importance of this outside redemptive force that comes in and, you know, reorders things and makes everything fit together again as it should be. Um, so, and then, you know, there's also the aspect of you're going to go and see a kid that you know, whether it's your own kid or it's your friend's kid. And um, that element is also very special. And it's definitely a part of the show and the experience because you're seeing kids that outside of, you know, the theater, they are in this rigorous classical education program and they're really coming out of their shell. Um, some people that you wouldn't even expect to have talent are 
having a lead role, singing and dancing and doing all these things. And, you know, it's it stirs the emotions a lot for sure. So it's a special night. Yeah, it's, it's special as a teacher, as a even as administrator. We, we think of these students, we think, wow, so-and-so might even be an athlete. And you think, wow, they're really good at playing a sport. And then you think, okay, they're a jock, even though that's such a stereotype. Or they're so good at academics, they're so strong. And you think, But then you see them singing and doing the choreography, and, you, and it almost opens our eyes up to their full potential so that we aren't just limiting them to what our perception is of their potential. So that's another important thing about fine arts and certainly why having um, kids dancing on roofs for Chim Chimney will be fun uh, next yeah. week. I mean, there's even the, the chimney sweep, now that you mentioned it, it just triggered a memory. There's this girl, she's in sixth grade, and she she wouldn't disagree with this, but you know, it wasn't a strong audition. Uh, it wasn't terrible because she made it through, right? There's a lot of other students that got rejected. Um, and I just didn't really expect much there. Um, I, other than, you know, playing a significant role in the ensemble, she is older. I knew that she was going to get the melody right. She would contribute vocally um, and in other ways. But in the last two or three weeks, she has so outshined her peers. And even like in choreography and picking up dance moves, it's been it's been so wonderful. I, I feel like through the experience, I almost feel like a second parent to these kids and I am filled with so much like pride and, or I'm very proud of them. Um, and so that's just one thing that you made me think of when you mentioned the chimney sweeps because she's in that number and she's amazing. Well, and we don't know when these children are going to blossom, right? Not every child operates on the same schedule, sort of an education Standard public school, you know, just general education assumes that everybody is going to reach these bars at this time, whether it's academically or socially, and that doesn't always work that way. That child who barely gets into your performance, something could have triggered in their maturity and their uh, abilities, and all of a sudden, wow, we get to watch this amazing example of their um, newfound talents. So speaking of these great actors, how much work actually goes into a show like this? Because the parents... And we, you know, we see the outside. We see this wonderful show, and oftentimes your shows have been great. But they make you kind of make it look easy, and people look at that and think, "Oh, you probably put that together in just a few days." But that's not at all what it's like, right? I mean, I don't think is I don't know if this is going to make me sound pompous, but it, that's definitely not the intention. But it's I think of that question as like asking a fish what water is like, <laughs> um, and I just kind of just do it. <laughs> and then, but if I if I break it down, um, yeah, it's. First of all, it's spending time finding what it's what is going to be and praying and really praying that whatever next production that we do is going to be the right one. So you pray, you have fun listening to all of these different musicals. You start envisioning, okay, who do I have? And then the work comes in because really it's hit the ground running like the first day of school almost where I'm marketing things probably before in the summer, like late summer, um, sending out communications uh, getting people excited, that's a huge part of it. Getting the marketing done for that as well. Um, reaching out to parents. And, you know, sometimes you need to push some people more like, hey, they should really do this. I have sports competing with me. This is a small school, so there's a lot of competition to get people to sign in quick or to commit quick. So th th that's that's just the beginning, guys. We're not even <laughs> at the show yet. And then I send the emails, um, the auditions. I run the auditions. I prepare them. There's like pre-auditions to the auditions then it's consoling. The worst part is the, the worst and best part is sending that email of like, you made it. And then having to send the, you didn't. 
Um, so that is always really devastating for me. So, like, I don't know if people actually believe me, but that is the hardest part is saying no. And it's not just saying no to like older kids. It's, it's you know, third graders and yeah. So, so then the auditions and then even then it's not over, right? They think I made it, uh, but then I have to cast the roles and that's another drama, right? Cause everybody wants the lead role. Nobody wants the ensemble. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's managing attitudes and personalities and expectations. Um, then and you haven't even got to the first I rehearsal have not yet. Even, no, no. Then there's parent involvement. I mean, there's so much. And it's, it's funny because people are like, oh my gosh, it's so wonderful. It's so big. How can I help? And it's like, it's like, how do you eat an elephant? It's, I, I can't even, I don't even have the standard operating procedure for it. Like, it's just like, it's like delegating is really hard. And it's really easy to do everything by yourself. Um, with time, I'm learning, you know, I can't. Like maybe like pre-kids, that was easy. Um, it, it gets harder the older you get to just do everything by yourself. And you're always going to miss something. So that's been a learning curve for me, just how to get people involved early. Um, and every show is different. So you're going to have challenges with set and costume and choreography yep. with Mary Poppins. You didn't have a filler on the roof last year, for example. Yep. Yeah. And, and yeah, and this one, every show, and you may, you may look at the shows and the scripts and like, but you're kind of looking at it like 30,000 over 30,000 feet under or over, or what do you over, say that yeah. <laughs> over? Um, and, and so you're like, yeah, I get the gist of it. Yeah. You know, cause this is not all that I do. Right. I, you know, I teach high schoolers and I have to worry about other parts of the job that are not, this is like after school stuff. Um, and so I'm trying to make decisions quick because quick is the name of the game and we got to get it out. Uh, people are excited. What are we doing? I, I have, you know, especially nowadays, parents have their kids scheduled like years in advanced, <laughs> like, well, my kid's going to be taking piano and doing this and doing that and doing this after school. And it's like, oh my gosh. So then I feel pressure to like beat them at their game a little <laughs> bit for the sake of getting the show done. But yeah, then you, you choose the kids and then you have fun. Honestly, I think the reason why this is a good fit for me as well is just because I love the children. Um, I love laughing and maybe, maybe I'm guilty of having childish humor. Maybe I'm a child, but, um, I just think they're so funny and, and it, you know, that outweighs, you know, the disciplinary stuff that does have to happen and the craziness that is inevitable. Those are all costs, but, um, it's all worth it, especially that night, that opening night. It's just, it's also worth it. Which brings its own set of stress mm. because as a director, you sit back and you have no control once it's started. Yeah. It's over. You, you have to do it's, it's the Let train has left the station <laughs> <laughs> and you're just praying it all goes well. And then of course, at the end, it, it always does. Um, and, and we do have the advantage that these are lower school students. So just look cute. Uh, and that's 80% of it. Um, the high school, which you've been a part of before is, is a little more challenging because that's a higher degree of difficulty in some ways, but, uh, it's really no. beautiful. It's funny because, I mean, my expectations are just as high for the little ones as the, the older ones. Um, so I think the difference is just that I have to fill in the gap a lot um, as far as like modeling every single thing I want them to do. Whereas, whereas high school, you know, I could just tell them and they take direction and it's wonderful. And sometimes that happens in the lower school, but not always. Sometimes I physically have to get up there and show them with my body exactly what I want them to do. That's with my body, right? And then with the tone. Um, you know, third through six, they're still learning, uh, you know, how to read, not how to read, but how to understand like, um, cadence or when a certain word 
or the meaning of a sentence like that was sad. So now we lower our voice a little, we slow down. There's little, so all of that is a part of that. And, and I have to model that sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll deliver a line that says, I don't know, I have John 14 in front of me here. I'm looking at a frame, right? It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And they're like, do not let your hearts be troubled. And I'm like, no, that's not how you're supposed to say that. Um, or trusting God, trusting God. And I'm like, it's not, no, we don't say it like that. Um, but, but you know, I, that's part of the training, right? So when you get into the program, it's not, it's funny because I had this conversation recently too. It's not just, this isn't signing up your kid to just be in a play. You're, this is signing up your kid for theater skills, which is also, I would argue, life skills and um, someone coaching them along the way. And, um, and then it ends up, you know, it climaxes into that end result. But really the process is really what you're paying for. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the process. Of course, as an audience, we only seem to see the end result, right? We, and that's why I asked that question, because at some point we see the play and the greatness and the character building comes from the journey. It's wonderful when they sit there or stand there, I should say, and, and take the applause at the end. But the truth is it's all the work that got up to that point that really matters. Now, Bridget, I admit that Mary Poppins is one of my all time classic favorite films. That's true for a lot of people today. I'm, I don't think I'm in the minority there. It is very popular. Why does it belong in classical Christian education? When I think of classical Christian education, I think of the gospel and I think of thinking profoundly, right? So how, why does this belong in a classical Christian school? Yeah, I think it, it uh, satisfies both of those needs. Um, I... I don't want to just spiritualize everything either. I'm sure that there's, I mean, authorial intent is a real thing. I'm not sure that they're, you know, we're writing this story um, to try to communicate something about Christ, but we know that, you know, Christ is in everything. So to an extent there's, you know, even the greatest movies are borrowing from the Bible's themes. So um, everybody loves an underdog story. Everybody loves a redemptive story. So, so I think those elements are there. I think that again, as I mentioned earlier, Mary Poppins, kind of comes on this scene and uh, where it's already been established that this family needs help, that their priorities are um, out of order. And when she comes in, she brings in like a breath of fresh air into the house. And they're used to all of these nannies that have not cared about them, that are annoyed with them. Their parents seem to not care um, as they don't even, they view their child as an inconvenience um, and so there's a lot of brokenness happening and the dad is, you know, in the rat wheel, uh, or the rat race with the money and with the career. Um, so I think that we can all identify with those themes and, um, what we see again, Mary Poppins in, in her own gracious, fun, lighthearted, but yet still with order way, um, brings structure and brings life back into the home and kind of restores this, this family and all the relationships inside. And so she represents like just goodness, um, and, and yeah, I think that, uh, a show like that belongs here. Yeah. And the character of Bert also has a role in, in helping the kids, uh, the two, uh, Jane and Michael. Um, he's, he's a, a fun loving male figure who's still there for them when they kind of make some poor choices at the bank amongst other things. So there's a lot of redemptive characters there. Yeah. And, I didn't and, think about that. And even seeing, seeing Mr. Banks the, from the beginning to the end, his first song where he just is basically talking about himself and how great it is and and it's great to be a king and a lord. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he says, I'm a lord of my castle. Um, and here he is at the end talking about flying a kite with his two kids. 
to get from point A to point B is a beautiful journey. And in life, we don't go in a smooth path. It's very rarely a direct trajectory, right? And we have this pleasure of seeing Mr. Banks go through that. And of course, the stories of Peel Travelers and, and her father are pretty well documented, but I think it really shows up well in Mary Poppins. I love it as a play. As you know, I think it's great for classical schools as well. I think with Bert, now that you mm-hmm. mentioned that too, I mean, he, um, not that I promote um, a lifestyle of just doing nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's an artist and he's uh, a jack of all trades. It's a chimney and, sweep some days. Yeah, right. And then he's able to step in as a man and with all gentleness and kindness, get to the level of these children and just be there when, when they need somebody, right? So it's so important to find people that when you need someone, they're there. And, you know, I didn't really, you know, you get so caught up with all the other characters and stuff, but yeah, Bert, yeah, because in the in the script, you know, and even in the movie, Bert's like this fun guy, like, you know, sometimes maybe even too fun, right? Like, men need to be, you know, strong in this, and he's a little too, la, 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 having fun. But, but he does, he does come in, and he's a special character too, and an important figure in the, in the play. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. Um, I'm really excited about it next week. I think it's going to be great. And now for you personally, and you might have touched a little bit on this, but what are the most rewarding things about directing theater at a small classical Christian school? The big paycheck. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that's not true. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's always the children. It's even, even the opportunities I get to work with either other people in the school I'll have deep conversations with Alex when we're prepping for the mics or stuff. Or So th- th- it's so many connecting points with uh, school, community, parents too. Uh, it's so wonderful to see parents like, hey, like rise to the occasion when I'm like in dire need. They're like, hey, I could do that. Like my husband and I, we love doing this stuff. And I'm like, praise the Lord, you're an answered prayer, you know? Um, so I love, I, and I'm, that's me too. I just love connecting with people. Uh, so, I mean, so the things that I'm saying that are rewarding may not be rewarding to somebody else, but to me, I have great satisfaction or I get great satisfaction from that. And, and the obvious one, which I delayed because I mentioned it was just the kids. Yes, they are, you know, and, and, and even, um, I'll get back to the kids, but when they start telling the story and they bring the, that's, that's the magic of theater. That is, that is why theater matters and why live performances should happen. Um, there's a way that in telling the story through that means through that medium, um, that it hits home differently. And every year I have seen, even from Cinderella to Fiddler to I'm sure Mary Poppins, there's like not a dry eye in the room in certain scenes that just hit home. And, and I think that that is the power of art. Um, art communicates truth in a way that, that sometimes another medium just doesn't. And that's, and I, and, and it's not to raise art to the level of God, but at the end of the day, God gave us art, right? And, and he is beauty and these things matter as well. So there you go. There's another classical point. (laughs) Well, and I think that's what you're touching on is another podcast for another time. I think those are some great points, but it is it is true that this is um, this is a beautiful thing and and to watch the students um, live these characters out helps them. Um, that's why I think what you're describing is a reason why live theater can never die. Yeah, it, streaming will not replace it. Uh, TikTok will not replace it. I hope because you are uh, in a play in a live audience with an 
the audience and the, the the group performing come together in a way that just can't be duplicated any other way. And then we're blessed as a school. Um, so this weekend, I'm going up to my son's college to watch him perform in a his in a play. Uh, he fought me regularly here at our school, not wanting to be in a play. Oh my goodness! And now he volunteered to be in the first production wow. at his college. So <laughs> he's <moment>. up there. <laughs> and then I'm gonna. And then next week I'm watching Mary Poppins, which is of course our school. I'm gonna be there because I love it. Also, some of my former students' children are in your class, so I'm excited to see them. And then. That weekend, immediately after your play, I'm going down to Florida International University where one of our graduates is performing in a Shakespearean production down mm. there. So I get a lot of theater in this next two weeks, and it's all with people we love and have just really seen that journey, right, that you've been describing this podcast. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing, and it's impacting these people years later as well. So mm. um, it's just really wonderful. So everybody who's listening to this, if you're listening before yes. the play, buy your tickets online and make sure you come see us in our ministry center on uh, in the first uh, full, well, second November week of 9th no- and 10th. 9th and 10th. Thank you very much. At uh, what time is it? 6.30? 6.30, Ministry Center. And there you go. We'd love to see you there. Tickets, tickets available online or show up at the door and pay triple, I think, is what we do. Correct. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Bridget, so much for joining us today. We look forward to the performance. And again, thank you for all you do for our school. You're a, a true blessing to all of our, our students and our parents and our teachers. You know, Mary Poppins is a timeless tale. And although there have been many books by P.L. Travers featuring the character, a film sequel made over 40 years after the original, and another film about the making of the 1964 classic called Saving Mr. Banks, it remains relevant because it speaks to issues that still challenge us today. Issues of family dynamics, parenting struggles, and the juxtaposition of the wonder and pain of growing up. Now, we may not have a superhero nanny to jump into our conflicts and teach us life lessons, and it may take more than a flying umbrella to solve all all of our problems. But we do have our Savior, Jesus Christ, in the Bible to guide us. Like many others, I was raised, in a sense, by a village that included extended family, friends, and our church family. Each of them was a bit of a Bert or Mary Poppins to me. Maybe that's why it means so much to me. Well, thanks for joining us. And until next time, seek what is good, true, and beautiful. Thank you for joining us. The opinions expressed on this program are that of the hosts and the guests. The podcast is produced by Alex Halpert. Sheridan Hills Christian School is a ministry of Sheridan Hills Baptist Church.